I'm reading of Isaiah 21 and um, verse 1. The burden of the desert of the sea as whirlwinds in the south pass through, so it cometh from the desert from a terrible land. A grievous vision is declared unto me, the treacherous dealer dealeth treacherously, and the spoiler spoileth. Go up, O Elam, besiege, O media. All the sighing, therefore, have I made to cease. Therefore are my loins filled with pain. Pangs have taken hold upon me, as the pangs of a woman that travaileth. I was bowed down at the hearing of it, I made, <clears throat> I was dismayed at the seeing of it. My heart panted. Fearfulness afraid me. The night of my pleasure has he turned into fear unto me. Now, pay attention to verse 5. Prepare the table, watch watched in the watchtower, eat, drink, arise, ye princes, and anoint the chill. For thus saith the Lord, <clears throat> said unto me, Go, said a watchman, let him declare what he sees. And he saw a chariot with a couple of horsemen, a chariot of donkeys, and a chariot of camels, and he hearkened diligently with much heed. One of you guys who's not reading King James or reading King James, as if you can tell. Verse 7, verse 7. Okay. Whether he sees a chariot and a team of horses or men riding donkeys or camels, he must listen carefully. So, so pay attention to this because there's a difference between what I'm reading and what he's reading. Uh, uh, what are you reading? NIV? Uh, NIV, but I have another one. Whichever one you want. I, I, I'll, read, I'll read what I'm reading. Verse 7 of chapter 21 of Isaiah. And he saw a chariot with a couple of horsemen. And listen to the next phrase, a chariot of donkeys or, or of asses and a chariot of camels. And he hearkened diligently, which much heed. What does yours say? 21.7. Yeah. Whether he sees a chariot and a team of horses or me riding donkeys or camels, he must listen carefully. So there's a big difference. It says there he might be seeing people riding on donkeys or camels. And mine, it says that he's seeing chariots pulled by donkeys and chariots pulled by camels. <clears throat> and, and most of the Bibles, especially the study Bibles, on the side, there'll be a side note that says that chariots are mentioned with the donkeys. They just don't know what to do with the chariots. And I'll tell you why as we go forward. <clears throat> and verse 8, And he cried, A lion, my Lord, I stand continually upon the watchtower in the daytime, and I am set in my word whole night. And behold, there cometh a chariot of men with a couple of horsemen. He answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and all of the graven images of her God he had broken unto the ground. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, Father. And we just pray your anointing on Oscar this morning that he would preach the word, Father, that we need to hear to prepare us for the day. Father, we also pray that that word would stick with us, Father. You would have your hand upon him this morning in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. That verse creates a lot of tension when, <clears throat> when we are discussing it 
uh, about the different translations and the different people and how they translate it. The word chariot is in the original, but the problem is that they don't know what to do with it. The reason King James puts that it is chariots pulled by horses or chariots pulled by donkey, by, uh, donkeys and camels is because nowhere in the time of the Old Testament were chariots used with donkeys or asses or camels. It just didn't happen because they're not the kind of animal that will serve in that purpose. They're just not physically something that can be used that way. So when the translators came and found the word chariot, King James decided we're just gonna put it there and let people figure it out. The other translation said, well, we'll just figure it out for people. We'll put, put it aside and just say, well, they are you know, maybe riders because chariots are not attached to donkeys. And they put a note on the side explaining to you the word chariot is there. We just don't know what to do with it. <clears throat> now, this is a war situation. The watchman will be up in a tower looking out and he will be trying to tell the city people what was going on. And what he describes is this. He says, I see horsemen, which was natural. People knew about this thing. I see chariots. Yes. And he says, I see chariots that are being pulled by camels and pulled by donkeys. This will be a huge problem because it wouldn't, it will be just a vision. It wouldn't, it would have not been a physical thing only because it obviously did not happen that way because donkeys and camels, camels were not used that way. <clears throat> but it is important to what the prophet is saying. The prophet is describing a city, in this case it would have been Jerusalem, uh, or, and, and in the end it mentions a, a type of Babylon. <clears throat> it will be a city that is at peace. A city that doesn't have any problem. The whole passage that I read means that they were having a party, that they were having a good time, that they did not see any war coming their way except the watchman, who would have been the prophet, has gone up into the mountain. And into the watchtower and he has seen out and when he sees scares him he says I felt the pains as of the felt the, the, the pains of a pregnant woman that must have been some serious stuff <clears throat> he, he said I travail I was hurting so much as if it was a woman about to deliver because the vision that I was that I saw was hard and he begins to yell at people at the city prepare the shield prepare the, the, the source Sharpen something, get yourself ready because I see coming people to attack us. He looks out and he says, I see conventional attacks, horsemen that are coming at us, chariots of horses, which is the conventional way of looking at things. That was expected when you were under attack. And his great struggle was these people are not prepared and the war is at our gates. That was his problem. Isaiah is talking about himself, by the way, as the watchman. Then he says, this is where he gets bad or weird. He says, I see chariots of camels. Now, in the process of what he's talking about, he will bring, bring to pass and say why this is so. And as you look at what he's talking about, you'll realize what his problem is. Camels at that time were the, were the caravan type of, of animal. 
They brought things from one place to another. From Genesis 10 all the way forward through the Old Testament. Camel is one of the main, if not the main mode of transport. But one of the greatest things or one of the things that was used the most for, it was for the exchange. We brought spices to that city. We brought, we bought iron from them. It was the caravan that, that, that it was known for. That's what the camels were used for. And hence why it doesn't make sense to the people who are listening to the prophet. It's like, why camels? Camels don't have chariots. They are not, <laughs> not used that way. <clears throat> why is he struggling telling us this? But when you look at the passage and look at the context of what he's talking about, he is saying this, we will be attacked conventionally. There will be a face to face struggle against us with the horsemen. But there will also be another type of attack. An attack that is as strong or maybe stronger than the attack on horsemen. You will be attacked by the exchange of ideas with foreign people who do not have the heart of God or even know who God is. Let me say it again. One of the greatest dangers for the people of God it's not just the conventional attack of an atheist who looks into your face and he says, blah, 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 thou shalt not believe in the Lord. As it happens in all colleges from the day that I was in college to the day that you were in college, that is something that you will struggle with. They will look you in the face and say that and give you something. And there is a struggle that happens. That's a conventional attack, an attack that comes from the outside. But when it was camels, it was different. Why? Because it wasn't an attack. The camels were not used that way with chariots. But it was an attack and the exchanging of things. A caravan will come with all kinds of things from another land. will bring it to us. We will give them stuff. And there will be an inner changing. And in it is the greatest or one of the greatest struggles that we face from those days until now. Let me tell you how it happens. Christianity has a basic understanding. That all of us and all of our, our ideas should come from the Bible. That everything that we think needs to be filtered through the word of God. That every aspect of our life needs to be challenged and planned out by what God gave us as the map of life. Right here, the Bible. Along the way, we begin something that is the chariot of camel. We begin to exchange ideas and processes that did not come from the Bible. And as we do that, then there becomes an attack to all of us in the process of who we are. How does that work? Say, for example, Darwinianism. That said that God did not create the earth. We just have this process by which you gave this and this something happened and from one cell from a big bacteria and all the way to now well that's a horseman we know that they have told us that forever except that now a good part of the church thinks that's the truth and you cannot have two truths you cannot have a creator god and a darwinian thinking that's right because they clash completely they are not now you can you kind of do all kinds of gymnastics trying to make these two match. You can do all kinds of things to try to make it happen. But you don't have to. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. You either believe that or you don't believe it. Amen. You have to make up your mind about it. 
You have to decide that's what God is saying to you. When you don't do that, then with what we have is not just a, a professor somewhere giving us an idea of how things happen, which is okay. Worldly people will say worldly things, no problem. But when I have a pastor or a professor or even a seminary professor, which I had that experience, trying to prove Darwinism with me, that's a camel. That's a chariot that is attacking from within. That's an exchange of ideas that happened somewhere in our past. And now we're struggling trying to make this thing match because we are in some process exchanging ideas. It happens in other realms. The world has begun, begun to move in another direction. Let me give you an idea. So now marijuana is legalized, right? And I've had arguments with some actually godly people and some people not very godly who had told me, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with marijuana. Nothing. In fact, God created it. It's a plant. Why would God make it if he didn't want us to enjoy it, Oscar? I said, well, that's interesting. So it's cocaine. It comes from the same place. Not the same plant, but another plant also. Seen it with his eyes. The medical profession have grabbed it and done something with it and give it to us and uses, uses it in some kind of uh, drugs and all this other stuff. That does not mean that there is something in there for you to, you know, ravish your mind and your soul and go in a certain direction. Nowhere in there is that. But in the exchange of ideas and in the exchange of thoughts, we have this struggle that pushes back against Christianity. The only way that you can filter that is filtered through the Bible. Yeah. Because the Bible is the guide that we have. And I don't mean the Bible as you want to see it, but the Bible as it is. That sometimes there are challenges in there that are not likable to us. And so we struggle, we push, we fight, we try to figure out how it is. That's what caused the great problem of the prophet. The prophet laying on the ground saying, I don't see just a conventional attack. I also see this thing that is going to eat us from within as we exchange ideas with a world who has no God. Yeah. We have struggles with how we see morality. We have struggles on how we see marriage. We have struggles, and all of those struggles don't come from the Bible. The Bible is clear about how those processes are. Even as we struggle with how we interpret some scripture, where do the struggles come from? Within the church, we're having discussions because in morality, we're thinking maybe it's this and maybe it's that. And when you go down to it, it's the exchange of ideas with a society that does not have a God. Do I blame the society? No. Why should I blame a worldly person for acting like he is or she is? They're not influenced by the Holy Spirit. They have their own thinking, and flesh will think like flesh. I say we are the problem because we have to know that what our ideas are have to come from the Bible. Amen. And that the filter and the struggle that you have is to put everything in front of that and say, how does that match with this? Not how do I get that and incorporate it and find some scripture to help me to have it that way so that I can have what I want to have. In the process of God then, God sends us in this direction and he says, make sure that you know that you're not just fighting a, an outward battle to understand the gospel and to be an apologetics man or woman to understand how the defense of the faith happens, but to understand that as you go forward, you will also have to 
to, to, to struggle with the things that are growing within the church. Every crazy idea known to men, there will be a preacher who tells you and affirms it. Yeah. That's an indictment on us preachers. But in all of what I've done, how do you handle that in yourself? You do what the prophet did. The prophet says, anoint your shield, prepare your sword, not just to fight against the conventional attack from the outside, from the horsemen and the chariot, but prepare yourself to fight the camels also and their chariot. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Good Let's get our family short call.